right, joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. We love to count our blessings and my blessing today is my wife and I got, for Christmas, we got gift cards from our kids for a massage at Massage Envy and so we did a couple's massage yesterday. What? Oh, Massage Heights, that's what it's called over in Crocker. And so that was awesome. Our kids are just wonderful. They, um, we have a new declaration this year. We have a new declaration, and that is the scripture. The scripture is Colossians 1.10. I'll just read that, and then we'll, I'll, I'll show you the declaration. But the, the scripture is that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Show the next slide, Tim. That is the declaration. So the way you make that scripture into a declaration is this. I walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects. I bear fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. And so I just I pray that over each one of you today, that, that you are walking worthy of the calling that the Lord has placed on your life. And, and, and that you are pleasing in every way to him. Amen. And that you, he is just increasing you in wisdom and in revelation in his word. Amen. All right. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for each person that's in here today, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would just use me today, Father. I'm, I'm a moldable vessel for you, God. I pray, Father, that you would just penetrate our hearts today, saturate our hearts with your spirit, God. We don't want to leave out of here the same way we walked in. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I got to remind myself often that this world is not my home. Amen. I don't know if anybody else does that, but, you know, as I travel through life, it's amazing how much of the wrong stuff I accumulate in my heart, right? I accumulate hurts. I accumulate junk. I accumulate seeds of discontentment that just turns into all sorts of problems in my life. And so today I just want to talk to you guys about, and I don't know, maybe that's just me, maybe it ain't y'all, maybe y'all got everything together, but I collect and accumulate some garbage every day. And so today I just want to talk to you about, did you just, you acknowledge that? (laughs) Today I want to talk to you about letting go of stuff. Letting go of stuff. I think this, I'm going to make this a series just, talking about traveling lighter, traveling lighter. Amen. So let's just jump into it. I want to talk about letting go of stuff that's slowing us down. And here's the key thought for today or the the key idea for today is it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. The problem is that everything in our culture screams just the opposite. It screams just the opposite. I mean, we can go way back to Genesis where where God was creating all of creation and he created Adam and Eve and put them up in this four-star garden, right, where they had everything they needed, including him. And God says to them, you can enjoy everything. You can enjoy everything in this garden. I provided all, everything you need for you. You just can't eat from that tree. And, of course, the devil comes along, the serpent comes along, and and then says, did did God really say that you can't eat the fruit 
from that tree? See, going back to creation, we've been, we've been told this lie that we still believe today. And, that, and the lie is this, is that even though we have all these things, we have all these good things that God has given us, all these blessings, what you don't have is what you need. What you don't have is what you need to feel fulfilled and to be complete. And I'm guilty of it too, you know, right? If, if you have one dollar, two is better. If you got one car, two is better, right? If you got, if you got one watch, two is better. If you got one kid, Six will put you in debt for Christmas. <laughs> More is better. A couple of months ago, Pastor Michelle and I went to Amish country, and um, we try to go every couple months just to get away. And we went to Dutch Valley. I think it's the restaurant is Dutch Valley. And Dutch Valley has something that, that, that most restaurants don't, probably for... for a good purpose that they don't have this, they have a buffet. I love buffets. Okay? And, and I don't just go in there and get the chicken. You know, I get the beef too. I don't just get the chicken and the beef. I get the fish too. I don't just get the mashed potatoes, man. I get the corn. I get the, the, the mac and cheese. I get, I get the green beans, you know. I don't just get the chocolate cake. I get the, the banana pudding, too. Right? And I throw a little bit of ice cream on the side. And, and, and when we went home that night, when we went to the cabin that night, she went and jumped in the shower, and, and I was sitting on the bed, and, and I was like... And I walked outside and I went to go visit this bush. And I'm telling you, y'all, it got colorful out by that bush. And, and I was reminded that night that sometimes less is better. Sometimes less is better. Solomon teaches us this principle in Ecclesiastes uh, that I wanted to talk about today. And he says in Ecclesiastes 4, 6, that better one handful with tranquility, with peace, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In other words, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter in your life and more of what really does matter. Why? Because your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and your God is too good to waste your life on stuff that doesn't matter. Jesus warns about, uh, he warns us about this in Luke 12, 15. He's talking to his disciples. And he says, uh, says, then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard. And when you hear this warning from Jesus, it, it it, it causes you to take heed, right? When you hear, watch out, take guard. You know, I used to walk home with Pastor Troy every once in a while, and we would, it was probably a couple of miles, and I don't know if any of you guys did this, but we used to cut through everybody's yards when we walked home. 
I wish somebody would cut through my yard right now. But we walked through everybody's yards, and we would be walking, and, and, and we would walk, and Pastor Troy would, would do this thing where he would just, he'd be like, watch out, watch out. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I don't ask questions. I'm like, what you running from, man? Right? But he would just call, watch out. There was nothing there. But that was, that was just a joke. We, we, we would go to cross Broadway sometimes, and we would stand there, and he would go. And because he did that, I would jump out in the road. I'm like, man, that ain't funny. <laughs> but you hear, watch out. And what that makes, that causes me to believe is that something physically dangerous is closing in on me. But Jesus shares something that's equally as dangerous to our souls. He says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Somebody say, my life does not consist of my stuff. Everything in culture tells us opposite. But you need to understand that you are not what you have, you are not what you drive, you are not what you wear, you are not what you own. The lie is that what I don't have is what I need to be happy. What I don't have is what I need to be fulfilled, what I need to be joyful, what I need to fit in, what I need to to be significant or important or popular. Whatever it is, whatever you don't have is what you need. The world tells us more and more, just get more, more. What if the stuff that you actually have is robbing you of the life that you want or the life that God has for you? Solomon says better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil and stress and anxiety. So I want to give you three thoughts today that, that we, can, we can call one handful living. One handful living. First thing is I encourage you to throw out. Throw out. Throw out like your life depends on it because it does. Throw out the junk that you, that you have. Sometimes you've got to throw out the people that have clung to you that don't belong there no more. You got to throw out like your life depends on it. I'll share with you the idea of I believe that, that owning less is way better than organizing more. Owning less is, is way better than organizing, organizing more. Your life doesn't consist of your stuff. Your life doesn't consist of the abundance of junk that you, that you have in your closet or in your junk drawer or in your garage or, 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 or wherever it is, in your shed. When Pastor Michelle married me, she inherited a husband. She inherited three additional children. And she inherited, Tim, do you have that picture? I'll be taking y'all way too, I'll be bringing y'all way too close to me. She inherited what I call my good junk. This is my good junk. It's about, yeah, I've never been on a skateboard. I, 
Look in the middle there. There's basketballs. Do you know Pastor Ron just gave me three more basketballs? <laughs> you never know. You never know. That's my good dunk. She inherited my good junk. I call it my good junk because when she's asked me, she, she asked me, she said a light cover's cracked in our house. My good junk. It was in there. When we moved in, we had smoke detectors. We didn't have a carbon monoxide detector. It was in my good junk. My good junk has been around with me. It's been roughly 13 boxes that I've carried around in six different moves over the course of 21 years. And half of those containers Half of the, the stuff in the containers hasn't left the container. I've just moved the good junk. What happened is I felt like I, I, I see that I've allowed this stuff to consist of who I am. You are not what you own. You are not the, the junk in your life. Amen? There was a rich young man in the New Testament in Mark 10 that... that had a lot of stuff. And when he met Jesus, he asked him, he said, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus told him, you know the commandments, don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't give false testimony, honor your mother and father, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he told Jesus, he said, man, I do all this. I do all those things. And Jesus said something very unique to this young man that he didn't say to anyone else. Jesus told him, you want to be perfect? Go sell your stuff. Take the money and give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasures in heaven. In other words, he's saying, get rid of the stuff that doesn't matter and do more of the stuff that does matter in your life. Jesus exposed his weakness. The problem was that this guy was so into his stuff, the scripture says in Matthew 19, 22, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. See, there, there's nothing wrong with having nice stuff. Our God is a generous God. He's a good God. He wants, you to, to, he wants to bless you. He wants you to have things. It's wrong when your stuff has you. That's what's wrong. It's wrong when your life is defined by your stuff. You see, it's not okay that we believe that more stuff is what we need in our lives to be fulfilled or, or to be happy. Pursuing a bunch of junk, believing that there's something meaningful or something, something powerful that's going to fulfill a void inside of us. When the only thing that can fulfill that void inside of you is the goodness, the grace, and the mercy of a holy God. Why do we hold on to so much stuff? There's two reasons why we still hang on to this is a real box from my garage. This is, this is, there's a reason why we still hang on to, to stuff. There's some kids in here who are like, what is that? Right? Like, why do we still have VHS tapes and, and look at this. This is, a karaoke, this is karaoke. These are karaoke CDs. 
You know, why do we still have this, this junk in our, in our lives? Why are we still holding on to things that, I don't even know what this is. I literally just grabbed a box. I don't, I don't even know, this is like a, 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 what is this, to a bike? Just junk, we just keep in, a, I don't even know how to swim. I can't even swim. So much junk in our lives. That's photo paper. You can t- Who's printing pictures in my house? One of the reasons we hold on to so much junk, the first is fear. It's fear. We're afraid that we might need it in the future, right? Unfortunately, my wife lives with a person like this. We're afraid that we might need it in the future. We might want it. We don't, we don't want to waste it. We want to be good stewards of the things that we have, right? I grew up with this mindset. But the problem is this is a poverty mindset. This is a poverty mindset. I might need this thing. I, I need to save it, right? I paid good money for this. I ain't letting this go. This is important to me. What I found that there's a tremendous lack of faith with this kind of mindset. What I've discovered over the years is that there's, there's a deeper sense of faith that you can tap into when you bless others with the stuff that you don't need. See, when I give, when I give stuff away the, that I might need, when I give stuff away that I might need in the future, I'm trusting God to provide for me in the future, and I'm blessing somebody else today. God, I'm trusting you to be my provider. Pastor Michelle does a great job of this. I, I, you know, I've noticed that, that sometimes when she gets new things, she gets new shoes, she'll get rid of old shoes. Right? She gets a new sweater or a new shirt, and she gets rid of old shirts. It really simplifies her life. If, if she really needs it in the future, she just trusts that God is going to provide. So she, she gets rid of the old things as he gives her new things. So first reason we get rid of things is that we, it's fear. Second reason that we don't tend to throw away is because of sentiment. Because of sentiment. In other words, this is, you know, oh, look at there. Yeah. This is my first ribbon from seventh grade when I ran the 40-yard dash, right? (laughs) Drawings are a favorite, you know, like this is my kid's first drawing from the first grade and his second drawing from the second grade and third from third, or this is his first tooth that fell out, and this is his second tooth and his third, and before you know it, you have a whole set of chops in a Ziploc bag. This is, this is my first love letter for my crush in sixth grade, even though you are married to somebody else right now. You better set fire to some stuff in your house. Whatever it is, we, just, we tend to keep things because of sentiment. There's an author that wrote a book about uh, minimalism, and, and she said this about minimal, uh, uh, sentimental things. She said, thank them for the purpose they served in the past, and bless somebody else with it. So thank you, God, 
for that onesie that my son wore 30 years ago. It served its purpose, and now I'm going to bless the garbage man with it. <laughs> or, or thank you, God, for that, for that blanket that my aunt crocheted for me when I graduated high school. It, it touched my heart, and, 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 and it served a valuable purpose in my life. And now I'm just going to, I'm going to bless somebody else with it. You might bless the same garbage man with it. Less of the stuff that doesn't matter and more of what does matter. So first we're going to throw out. Somebody say throw out. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to buy less. Buy less. 62% of people admit to shopping just to cheer themselves up. just to cheer themselves up. I'm feeling so down, so I'm going to go shopping because it's going to make me feel better. Oh, when I go shopping, it's going to make me feel powerful. Right? I got this sense of this momentary significance to buy something that I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't even like. There's something about buying that gives me this temporary high, glory to God. Why do we do this? Because that thing that I don't have is what I need to feel significant. I love what the psalmist prays in Psalm 119, 36 through 37. He says this. He says, turn my heart towards your statutes and not toward selfish gain." Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Help me turn my eyes away from worthless things. My prayer is that I, is that I get to this place. And, 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 I, and I tell you, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But my prayer is that I get to this place where my life is just so full of the goodness of God that, 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 that I don't need things to help me feel better about myself. Right? That place where I don't need things to define who I am because Jesus has already defined who I am in him. Right? Because in him I'm forgiven. In him I'm redeemed. I'm regenerated. In him I'm renewed. In him I'm adopted. In him I'm loved. In him I'm secure. In him I'm justified. In him I'm chosen. In him I'm victorious. In him I'm brand new. I'm free in Jesus. I don't need things to define who I am. One of the things that, that we're doing better at is um, we're looking for experiences over things. Yeah, we're doing better at choosing experiences over things. Michelle, she's always done a great job of this. Like she has a friend that every year she buys a ticket to, or tickets to uh, a Playhouse Square, a play, or, or uh, this year I think we're going to, I get, I'm, I'm in on this now that I, I'm married to her. Um, uh, we're going to a Cavs game, but she always, she buys something that, that, that's, that's an experience. 
and not a thing. When we have our kids over for dinner, um, she's the one that says, let's play a board game after dinner. It's an experience over things. So I thought what I'd do is I would text our kids just to see. And I asked them, I said, what, what's your favorite childhood memory? What's your favorite? It doesn't, doesn't matter the age. What's your favorite childhood memory? Just to see what they say. You know what they didn't say? They didn't say, oh, that PS5 that you bought me. Right? They, they didn't say that. They didn't say, oh, the Apple Watch that you gave me. Right? They didn't say these things. They didn't say the sit and spin that I bought, that you bought me for Christmas. A sit and spin. Yay. Y'all remember the sit and spin? <laughs> that was just hours of fun, wasn't it? I'm going to share with you what they said. Braxton said the times we used to come visit Brandon and and when he would come to visit us. That's his older brother. We lived in Dayton. That was a four-hour drive. But we we listened to fun music and and we sang and we talked and we laughed. Brandon, my oldest, said, he said, when I went to Universal with mom and, and I got to do karaoke and I got on Nickelodeon. Bash said, when I finally learned how to ride a bike, the joy and the freedom of it all was amazing. Tricia said, my favorite thing was playing hide-and-seek with my dad's cousins and both my parents, and they let us stay up late to do it. Marley said, I remember always making force with you. You always found a way to be with us and play even when you came off crazy hours at work. Bobby said, it was a night down to one night. It was a night that all the girls had a big slumber party, and I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. But he said it was a night that all the girls had a big slumber party at Aunt Robin's. So it was just me and my dad for the night. I had to be like eight. My dad rented me the first Pokemon game, and Rayman from Nintendo 64, Rayman from Nintendo 64. He sat in my room playing Rayman, while I played Pokemon all night. It was like having him in my room playing video games all night was was the best. Experiences over things. God wants to have an experience with you. Every day the Lord wants to, he he wants to give you things. Don't get me wrong, he wants to give give you things. But the Lord wants to have an experience with you every single day. I always tell everybody, my kids don't, they they, they spell love, T-I-M-E. How much time are you spending with your father? Experiences over things. On on the other side of stuff, you know, you got to get tired of carrying stuff, y'all. Right? We we got a race to run. We got a finish line to cross. Ain't you tired of carrying stuff? Because see, on the other side of that stuff, there's, there's freedom, there's joy, there's experiences, there's memories, there's times of relationships with people that you actually love. So throw out, buy less, get into experiences, not the stuff that, that'll burn up. Amen? 
And finally, to have a life that really matters, I'll say give more. Give more. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be... When we read this verse, we read a verse like this, most of us will say, I know rich people, but I'm not rich people. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. We'll say, my buddy, I know a buddy who has a guy who invests in real estate, and he's got a lot of money. He's a rich people, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a rich people. Listen, let's speak globally for a minute. If you drove somewhere today, you're a rich people. You're in somewhere between 5 and 7% richest people on the planet. If you eat three meals a day or at least have the option to do so, you're rich people. You're in the top 40% of people with that option, globally speaking, today. If you're able to order food on your phone and somebody comes and drops it off and takes a picture of it and leaves a text that says your food has arrived, you are crazy rich people. (laughs) We're rich people. We're lazy. (laughs) When you look at the totality of the population today, we are incredibly blessed. We are incredibly blessed. This verse is to us. This verse is to you. You need to hear it. You need to feel it. You need to live it. You need to become it. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. See, we don't feel guilty about our blessings. We just don't, we don't let our stuff have us. Amen? We don't feel guilty about the nice stuff that we have. We just don't let that stuff have us. Then he goes on in verses 18 and 19, and he says, Command them to go on Facebook Marketplace and find as many bargains as they possibly can and try to negotiate with the sellers. No, no. He says, command them to hoard it all until it takes up a quarter of your garage and half of your crawl space. He doesn't say that. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the uh, coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Your life doesn't consist of the abundance of stuff. But when you're a blessing, when when you're overflowing with the goodness of God and you're generous, that's the life that's truly life. You know what what I've never done? Is I've never got emotional about stuff. Never got emotional about stuff. I've never got emotional about those expensive shoes that, 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 that she bought me, right? 
Like, I don't have any emotional getting stories. Right? Oh, I got the PS, the, 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 the iPhone 15. Oh. Oh, my goodness. She got me this brand new sweater. Oh, my goodness. I don't have any of those emotional getting stories. I also don't have, and nor do I know anyone who does have, any emotional keeping stories, right? Like, oh, man, I really would, I wanted to give that, that couch away to the mother who really needed a couch. But thank God that I kept it and I put it in the room that nobody sits in. Um, did anybody have that growing up, that room with, that their mom had the plastic over the furniture? And you just couldn't go in that room. I don't have any emotional keeping stories. Oh, I wish I would have gave that bike to that kid who really could have used the bike. But thank God I kept that bike because now we have a grandson and he's going to be able to ride that bike 10 years from now. So thank God I kept it in the shed. I don't have those stories. But what I do have is emotional giving stories. I have emotional giving stories. Like when we went to Haiti in 2016, 15, and we stood in a field giving out bread and peanut butter and bags of water on a hot Wednesday afternoon when I looked over in the corner and I saw a grandmother just, just sitting there watching all of this chaos going on. And I heard the Lord say, for the first time, the Lord spoke to me directly. And he said, give her everything in your pocket. And without hesitation, I walked over there. And I reached in my pocket and I gave her every bit of money I had that day. I have those stories. I remember Joshua Kids Camp, and the kid was sleeping on the top bunk above me, and he didn't have a sheet, he didn't have a pillow, he didn't have a blanket, and the Lord said, you do. And I immediately went and got my sleeping bag and my pillow, and I said, here, man, here you go. And how excited he was just to get a sleeping bag. He had never had a sleeping bag in his life. And I felt so close to God in that moment. I have those stories. Going to lunch with Pastor Michelle, I remember just several times her sitting and seeing an, uh, an older man, gentleman, or woman sitting by themselves. And, and she would call the, 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 the waitress over and she says, can you, can you give, her, give us her bill? I have those stories. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. It's interesting. I used to, I used to just want to accumulate, right? Give me more, 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 more. Now, I can look at it and say that that stuff's going to burn up. That stuff doesn't matter. It's experiences. It's the people that God placed in front of you is what matters. Amen?
Stand with me so we can close. Better is one hand with tranquility, with contentment, with peace, with joy, with simplicity, with assurance, with confidence, with the ability to be generous, with a heart to be a blessing. two hands with toil and with stress. Less of what doesn't matter. More of what does. This world ain't your home. It is not your home. We are just passing through. You got to ask yourself, am I accumulating on earth what you can't keep? Or am I investing in heaven what I can't lose? Travel lighter. Travel lighter. Throw out. Buy less. Give more. Less of the stuff that just accumulates and gets in the way of what truly matters. More intimacy, more peace, more joy, more of a deep and committed relationships, more generosity, more blessings that are truly blessings. Less of the imitation, less of the distractions, and more of the life that is truly life. Your calling is too great. Your life is too valuable. And your God is too good. That's why living with one handful is better. I mean, think about it. What can you do if somebody's down? You can pick them up. With one handful, you can encourage somebody in need. give them a hug. You can pat them on the back. You can tap them on the butt, open hand, not cupped. You can give God praise with one hand. life isn't full of the stuff that holds you back. You can do all those things. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that that you would 
Help us let go of the stuff that weighs us down and holds us back. Father, help us to not feel guilty about the things we have, Father, but help us not to let those things have us, Lord. Help us not to believe the lie, Father, that what we don't have is what we need to be happy, to to be filled full of joy, Father, to be complete, God. Because we are complete when we find ourselves in you. And so I pray, Lord, that you would just open the eyes of our heart so that we could see you clearer. We could enjoy your presence. We would come to know you and who we are in you, children of the Most High God. You are all that we truly need, Lord. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've never asked the Lord into your heart, we're going to have some people up here, some pastors, some altar ministers to pray with you. It is the most important thing that that you could ever do in your life. How beautiful it was to see this public declaration today of people living for Jesus. We'd love to pray with you. Remember to come this way before you go that way. I want to thank all of you guys for being here today. I pray we see you all next week. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. God bless you.